This is your podcast for all things refinishing. I'm Lane Ball with Zebras Before and After. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 4. Today we have the privilege of talking to our friend Chris Donna of Bella Renovari. As you know, Chris Donna always has tons of creativity and she shares about her designing processes and where she finds inspiration. We'll be playing part one of our interview today and finishing up part two next week. Bernadette with Piece by Piece Fine shares a great refinishing tip on how to clean dirty hardware. We'll find out what Victoria with MyPad Interiors, Nicole with Restoration Designs Company, and Catherine with Resuscitated Furnishings are working on in their studios this week. On the beginner's bucket, Christy Van Zeel with Chalk It Up LLC answers this week's question, how do you stay up on furniture trends? Stay with us. We have the inspiration, fun, and community that will platform your day. It's always a privilege to highlight furniture finishers that have not only succeeded in their art skills, but who have also helped so many others achieve their goals. Chris Donna of Bella Renovari by Chris Donna has done just that. She has been inspiring finishers for years by offering how-tos and advice through her Instagram and YouTube channel. The thread of our conversation today with Chris Donna is on the topic of creativity and refinishing. We hope you enjoy part one of our interview. Hi, Chris Donna. So good to talk to you. How are you today? Good. How are you? I am great. Thank you. Listen, as you know, the furniture refinishing industry has really grown over the last few years, and you are a finisher that has been around for a while, someone that people follow and look up to. And I think that's pretty cool. How does that make you feel? You know, um, so I have a master's degree in psychology, right? And I went to college for seven years, and I at first was like, you know, you're not using it. And and that was really hard for me at first. But then the more I got into it and I started doing shows and things like that and and doing like workshops, people would come up to me and they would tell me how I, I've had messages where I've helped people out of committing suicide and things like, yes. And, you know, I had one lady who she was in a coma from, you know, she got sick. She was in a coma while she was in a coma. Her husband left her, her job left her. And she was like, you have no idea how much you've helped me through this last. And it's amazing because I'm just me, right? (laughs) I'm just a goofy (laughs) person. And I never realized the impact. And, you know, I had this question actually today about, you know, it seems like it's so much work to do that. Why do you do it? And I said, I'm going to tell you, I I love it. And it's, I equate it to, you know, someone who's a nurse or a teacher, sometimes not everything's rainbows and unicorns, but your why has always got to be more important. And my why is just people. I, you know, hearing those stories and being able to create. And when I first started this, cause you're right, I've been around for a couple minutes and um, (laughs) there wasn't anyone telling people what to do. There was groups out there, but it was, you couldn't ask people what colors they were using. You couldn't ask them how they got that finish. And I just always felt wrong about that. Mm-hmm. I always felt like I had all this stuff to share. Well, it's cool to know that people value your opinion. Um, I mean, that's just, that's awesome. You know, this may be a crazy question, um, Christina, but do you feel like an expert? I mean, and I don't really even mean that in a braggadocious sort of way, but I mean, do you, would you classify yourself as an expert in refinishing? I... I don't think so because I, well, I feel like there's so much that I could learn so much more that I could learn. I learn new things all the time. I don't really know what, what the definition of expert is. Is it someone who just knows everything they need to know and they never 
need to learn anything else? Or is it someone who knows, you know, 90% of what they need to know and then they're continuing to learn? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I think what it is, is I think an expert is somebody that, that you wouldn't necessarily classify yourself as an expert, but everybody else would. You know what I'm saying? So like, right. like if somebody had a question and they immediately think of Kristana, and they and they would yeah. say, "We well, need to ask an expert." And then they're, well, "I'll ask Chris." Yeah. I I mean, really seriously, I think that's what it what it is because, and I think that's a really important point that you made about because you're always learning, and yes. uh, so that's cool because that's that's information and you impart information to other people, and so that's encouraging for people to know that it's like, man, she's. Right. And making mistakes. I learned so much (laughs) just from making mistakes all the time. Still, still, I make mistakes. And And it's important (laughs) for people to see that, not because they rejoice in your mistakes, but because they're like, hey, she makes mistakes too, you know, because people are really hard on themselves when they make a mistake. I mean, and they think it's the world, you know. They do. And and I think one of the things that people, what resonates with people when it comes to me is that they appreciate that I tell them and show them the mistakes that I make. Because I think sometimes life is so edited anyway, that when they're watching people do what we do, it's not encouraging to see someone who never makes mistakes and only edits out everything and makes everything look beautiful and look so easy. And I know better. (laughs) I know better. It doesn't matter who I'm watching. I know that there's struggles. And so I want to be honest. I always want to be honest. So how long exactly have you been refinishing? I would say it's been six years, six years of furniture. Wow. Um, my whole life I've been artistic. When I was when I was a teenager, I actually painted a mural on my wall in my house. I used to throw glitter. I used to paint my ceiling and throw <laughs> glitter on my ceiling. <laughs> hey, are you the one that invented popcorn ceilings with a glitter in them? <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. Um, my mom is very artistic too. So mm. I've always been super artistic. I've always been really into just color. Yeah. It's like a moth to a flame when it comes to color for me. I just, really? you know, th- some people really like neutral and calm. That is not me. I am, I am all about the bright colors and like, <laughs> just that is my thing. And so I would say my whole life I've been artistic, but then also my husband and I were, we've owned a few houses where we've redone all that stuff too. So that's where some of my woodworking and other hands-on skills come in mm-hmm. to play when it comes to furniture and things like that. So I'd say furniture solely six years, but other than that, um, you know, redoing houses that goes back almost 15 years mm-hmm. and then, you know, my whole life, which I'm 21. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. 29, I have to say 29 now, cause I'm way too old to be saying yeah. 21. Well, I, just, I, I love the transparency we have on this show. I think that's just phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I got to go back to this because, you know, when you talk about having a creative background and then you have, you said a master's in psychology. I do. I have a, a bachelor's in social psychology and then a master's in psychology. So how did you go from all this creativity? And, and this, you know, I think every field has cre- creativity in it. So I'm not one of these things. You, you got to do painting or building or right. something like that to be able to express creativity. But you know, being into color and, and, you know, glitter and all of that, how did you go from <laughs> that to psychology? Well, so when I was 18, I actually um, joined the Air Force. So I was oh, wow. in the military. And so I, 
you know, I went in the military because I really didn't know what I was going to do with my life. And so I, but my family, there's a really, um, I guess the nicest way to say it is that mental health, like the, you know, like addiction and things like that run in my family. And I wanted to understand that mm. stuff a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I just, I like people and I like to know what makes people do what they do. And so I guess it, I it never questioned it. It was always that path. Mm-hmm. That's always where I wanted to be. I don't know if I can really give you the best answer when it comes to that. You know, some people, they know they want to do criminal justice or mm-hmm, something. I right. just knew I wanted to do something where I knew more about people. Yeah. Well, I, I, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, you're very relational. You communicate well. Uh, I just find it interesting, the dynamics of individuals and why they choose what they choose and, and how they find uh, satisfaction in those, in those specific fields of study and creativity, you know, within that. Um, now, do you do you find yourself like thinking back on your studies and, uh, you know, all that you all the knowledge that you gained? Do you find yourself using that or was it just such a natural thing so that when you're talking to people, communicating with people, you know, speaking in front of crowds? I mean, how, like what's like how, how helpful was the were those studies specifically for or even what you do today? Well, I think that it helped me understand people. So, you know, I feel like what we do this furniture, this art, this is just kind of a gateway to relationships, right? So when I get messages from people, it may start out as furniture. And it may be something as simple as, you know, I used to paint and I stopped painting and you encouraged me to pick up a paintbrush. And then it keeps going on and we talk more about other things. And it's not like I, I don't by any means think I'm a therapist or anything like that. But you know, sometimes other things happen and other situations come up and I, it's, it kind of prepares me to be able to talk to them and like provide them with almost a, an understanding, um, you know, when they're talking to me or, you know, there's a a lady who in a couple of weeks ago, she said, you literally saved my life. Mm. And I, you know, sometimes people don't know what to do with that, but I understand what she's saying and I understand that, you know, different things bring people out of different places. And so I think that plus, you know, I I think that color therapy is a huge thing in this industry. Mm -hmm. I think art therapy is something that it's intertwined with. So I use that as well. When I'm picking my pieces or I'm doing something, I usually try to think about color therapy and what colors make people feel certain ways as well. So, you know, it's, I think about all that stuff. I don't necessarily pick up textbooks and reread it, but it's definitely ingrained in me, you know, the psychology part of what, you know, this furniture art. Yeah, for sure. Well, so your company name, tell us about that name and uh, the meaning behind it. So I lived in Italy for four years. My daughter was born in Italy and I loved it. It was my first, our first overseas assignment because my husband is active duty Mm -hmm. Air Force and Bella is beautiful in Italian. And then Renovare is renovation. And that translates over to Latin or Romanian. And I just wanted something that was special to me. Because when we moved from Italy, that's really when all of this started. When I was pregnant with my son, Lane, (laughs) Lane. (laughs) All right. Wow. That's such a cool name. (laughs) It is. It's, it's just insane. It's just so, it's so nice. Um, it is a really awesome name. I, I have to tell you exactly why we named him. So we're huge. My husband is a musician. Uh 
And my kids are named after music. So my daughter, her name is Roxlyn and her middle name is Pearl from the drum company. Okay, cool. And my son is Lane Gibson. So his middle name is the guitar company Gibson. Uh But we are super big fans of Alice in Chains. And the lead singer was Lane Staley, but he had a Y. So we dropped that. We wanted to make it like yours. And (laughs) so it's L-A-N-E. But I've always liked that name. And it's I think it's pretty unique, actually. I had a, a lady, she was probably 80, and said, yeah, that was my brother's name. So it's definitely not something that you hear a lot. And so I definitely, I noticed it. I was like, oh, Lane Ball, like, <laughs> I'd love your name. <laughs> so so you, you, you said you met a lady who was 80 and her brother's name was Lane? Yes. And I didn't realize, I, apparently Lane is a, it's a, like a traditional classic older name, like, you know, Betty or something uh-huh. like that. So <laughs> oh, yeah, cool. yeah, I, I, I didn't never, realize that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Uh, my parents knew somebody and his name was Lane. They liked that name. And so it just really stuck with them. But, you know, it's funny over the course of the last, you know, many, many years, <laughs> I won't state my age here, but I, you know, I have met. <laughs> 29. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Yeah, we're, we're about the same age here. Yes. Uh, yes. But if I'm 29, you're probably 15. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but you know, Lane, I've, I've met a few people and, uh, but not that many. And, but I just, you know, as a kid, you know, sometimes you grow up and there's certain things you don't like, and you may not like your last name or your first name, or why did my parents name me that, you know, that type of thing. But right. I've always just, I've always liked it. I've always thought it was um, simple and unique. And, and uh, so that's so cool to know that uh, you named your son Lane. Uh, yeah. Because I have met a few people uh, like what you just said, L-A-Y-N-E or L-A-I-N-E. So um, that's just really neat. Well, my daughter, she had a preschool teacher and and it was a female and her name was Lane. Oh, really? So, yes. So I, but this was, I had decided to name my son Lane before that, but it was this interesting because you're right. You don't meet a lot of people. I have a a friend who just had a baby and she named him Lane. I was like, oh, well, I like that name. (laughs) So (laughs) it's, it's simple, but it's so unique. And it's just, I don't know. I feel like I want to think that all the people with the name Lane are super like kind. And because my son is very kind and just like, just, he's just a special, Mm. special human. So that's, that's cool. I hope I live up to that (laughs) for sure. Yeah. That's how, so all lanes are like that for me. Don't ruin it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be very kind on this call. (laughs) Yes. Yes. You know, I, but the the only thing I'll say, and then we'll move on from my name, but the only thing I'll say is like lane ball. I always, sometimes I always, always like, and and I'm, I'm, I like my last name as well, but sometimes when you have a one syllable name, you need like a two syllable last name just to make it flow a little bit better. So I don't know. Yes. My, uh, my grandmother's maiden name was Pendergrass. And so I thought, you know, that if I ever changed my name, Lane Pendergrass, that sounds kind of cool. You know? I don't yeah, know. that is cool. I like that. <laughs> I, I understand the whole growing up with your name thing. Cause I, my name is Chris Donna. And my brother, his name is David. And my sister's name is Ashley. So wow. And where did so, Chris yes. Donna come from? Um, so my mom actually had four, four children and I had a sister prior to, you know, before I was alive and she passed away and her first name was Crystal and her middle name was Dawn. So my mom put it together. So I'm, it's a really, yeah, it's a really special name. So I'm named after my sister who obviously I never got a chance to meet, but so it's really special. 
I didn't realize how special it was until I grew up and I was like, okay, I got, I have a cool name, but of course growing up, I probably didn't even know how to spell it until I was in like fourth grade. (laughs) And (laughs) I've heard so many things and people spell it so many. When I was in eighth grade is when I got the nickname CD. So a lot of people call me CD and that's just kind of stuck for years and years and years. Yeah. So did you ever go by Chris? Um, some people call me Chris, but my Chris is actually my husband's name. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, he's a Christopher with a K. <laughs> <laughs> so um, my parents used to call me Donna sometimes, huh. but yeah, just Chris, Donna, CD, hey you, whatever, <laughs> <laughs> just whatever. Kristen Donovan is one. Christiana. Yeah. I mean, I could go on for days. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, you you have a myriad of people in your in your past that uh, you know probably used all kinds of different. Uh, Right. I just answer to whatever at at (laughs) this point. (laughs) So uh, you're overseas and you're in Germany now, correct? Yes, we are in Germany. I live right on the border of Luxembourg. So Luxembourg is probably 20 minutes down the street. And then I go to Belgium. So I go to Luxembourg and Belgium to get my furniture, actually. Luxembourg. I mean, Luxembourg is small, isn't it? I mean, that's just it is very small. Tiny little. It's a country, correct? Yes, it is, but it's very small. It's kind of like um, it's in the it's in the middle of Belgium and France and Germany. So a lot of people, because in Belgium, in the bottom part of Belgium, they speak French. So in Luxembourg, they speak French, German, and then they also have Luxembourgish. Mm. So it's interesting that there's that much going on in one little tiny place because it's probably the size of Ohio (laughs) if you had to guess a state. Yeah. Yeah. Many years ago, I had a friend that uh, had after college, he got a job um, in Luxembourg. And so he was like, this was before marriage. And so I had, you know, I had the ability to to, um, travel to Europe. And so he's like, why don't you come over and, you know, you can see Paris and we can go to some other places. And and so uh, I got to spend a little bit of time in Luxembourg and it's like such a cool environment there. I mean, it was just really it neat. Is. Very, very unique. I like it. I think, I think the people there are really cool because they're so used to being around so many different cultures yeah. because they're so close to all these different right. countries that they've just kind of taken on, you know, this almost like a just laid back. Yeah. Cool. Okay. This is where you're from. This is where you're from. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I always enjoy it when I go there and they're super nice people. So, yeah. So, so what kind of weather are you experiencing or is it cold there? Oh man. Okay. Lane, <laughs> we got to talk about this. <laughs> when I first, I came from Cheyenne, Wyoming, which is super windy. And when I first got here, there was a man who, and it was in May and he said, I just want to warn you about the winters. And, you know, it can be really rough. And I said, what do you mean? And he's like, you know, I can't really explain it. You'll see it. Okay. So it is from September to about March. It's very rare to see the sun. You will go weeks without seeing the sun. It's very overcast. But where I live, I guess there's a bunch of like subtropical climate, whatever they say here. So you could drive two hours down the road and it'd be sunny. But for me, where I live, it's foggy all the time. Really? So it's, yes. So it's not only overcast, but it's foggy. And I'm like, this is where they made the Brothers Grimm stories. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. This is where these stories originated from. Definitely this area. So it is, 
it can be really rough, yeah. um, you know, trying to find your inspiration, especially when you're working with furniture. And I like to work in natural light. And even when it's the middle of the day, it can be super dark. And so it gets challenging. That is a challenge that I didn't realize I would have. So, yeah. you know, having to use light kits and find different stuff and find the you know, perfect time of day. And sometimes I'm like, can the sun just come out? Yeah, please, just for 10 <laughs> so minutes. when you see the sun, you like take advantage of it and work really hard. <laughs> you run outside and do a dance, right? <laughs> yes, yes. So it's, you know, it's cold and it's just wet. It's always wet here. It never really dries. But the summers are really beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> the winter, not so happy, yeah. but... <laughs> yeah, you kind of cling to the summers when they arrive. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, when you see sun and, and Germans are, they love to walk, they love to go outside and walk. And so man never fails. It could be pouring rain and they are outside walking, but if it's sunny, it's like you think that they're going to a party because there's so many people outside. Yeah, I bet so. so it's definitely one of those things. You got to soak it up while you can. I wonder if there's uh light, you know, different types of lights that kind of help, emulate the sunlight that you could have. Yes, in your home. they have them. Yes, they do. We ordered one like the first year we we're here and I was like, oh, who am I kidding? This is not <laughs> as good as the sun. <laughs> but did it help at all? So, I mean, was it, was it helpful in some way? Um, you know, I really didn't, I didn't have so much of a problem with it. I would say this year's probably been, it's been a little bit harder for me only because, you know, there's just a lot of other stuff going on. And I do think that it's been way foggier this year than it has been any other winter. Mm. So, you know, I probably should try to pop that light out and hang out in front of it for a little bit. Yeah. I would definitely try that. Close my eyes and, and, uh, you know, yes. and visualize that I'm like, I'm outside in the sun and then open them up real quick and <laughs> try to imagine. Well, I'm a, I'm a runner too. Are so, you? uh, probably I want to say it was November. I went to Portugal to run. So it, it, I'm like an onion. Okay. So there's layers to me. So you're going to find out <laughs> things. You're going to be like, what else can we find out about her? So I've ran in 20 different European countries. Oh, wow. I've done like a marathon, a half marathon, an ultra marathon. And so I went to Portugal in November and it was super sunny and beautiful. And I'm like, this is great. This will get me through the winter. I feel like it made it worse <laughs> because I, I thought, I thought it would be like, Oh, you're going to have the sun. No. It just made it worse. Yeah. Like now I know what I'm missing out on. Yeah. It's almost like having this huge dessert in front of you that you're not going to eat. So you take a little bit yes. of bite and you think yes. that's going to satisfy it. And then you're, then you, you're like, I got to have more. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. I, I thought for a second I was coming off of that, like sun high or whatever, coming home. And then I was like, someone send me back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> send me sure. back. Oh man. Well, summer is not too terribly far away. I mean, it's no. you know, it'll happen soon enough. I know, and then you'll then you'll be so grateful when it arrives. Right? Yes, I will. I just want sun. It's okay if it's cold. I just want a little <laughs> exactly. bit more sunshine, and I, I will be okay. I'm not a hard person to please. So if you just you know, whoever, whoever's listening, if you could just throw some sun my way, that would be great. <laughs> oh man. Well, back to refinishing. I think you're probably known for your ability to get really creative with furniture refinishing. Yes. <laughs> and so we want to sort of get into your brain. Uh, so we have a few questions to try and do that. Um, so yes. let's start first with finding out what your creative planning process is like. I mean, just sort of like share that with us. You get a piece of furniture. So then what do you do? So 
It's funny because I find inspiration from, okay, I'm about to tell you my secrets. (laughs) (laughs) I watch a lot of cake decorating videos. Really? And yes. And people put a lot of color on cakes, right? Because they're not worried about, they want the cakes to be colorful. They're not worried about whatever they're going to eat it. So cake decorating videos, I get inspiration from a huge amount of inspiration from that. I get a huge amount of inspiration from, I just kind of scroll through things, watch some of those. I'll go through Pinterest, but I don't look up furniture on Pinterest. I look up like old doors. Mm -hmm. So you can get really cool inspiration from old doors, like the texture Mm -hmm. and the color. I get inspiration from clothes. So (laughs) a chest that I did last year, it was a dress that I had seen. It was an ad on Facebook. And I said, wow, I really like those colors. And so I just recreated it on a piece of furniture. So, you know, um, I have a piece that I'm working on right now. And my client, it's for a client, her son in his room, it's cars and just, you know, boy things. And so she said, I want this dresser to look like an old toolbox. And I said, got it. I can do it. And so I went on Pinterest and I found pictures of all these old snap on toolboxes Mm -hmm. and it, it looks exactly like that. That So, so you know, yeah. So I bought like a little snap on sticker that I'm going to put on there. And I bought some hardware that I thought, you know, mimicked the handles of a toolbox and, So, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes nature, sometimes I'll be out and I'll take a picture of something. There was one time where I was in Cheyenne throwing things away and there was this green rusty pole that I saw. And I I I just said, that looks really cool. And so I took a picture of it. And yeah, I don't know. I just everything around me, you know, it could be there was one time my daughter, I was walking her to school and one of the little kids had a really cool backpack. And I was like, what? I need that. I need those colors. <laughs> so I think that's why my, my style is so up and down and different all over the place. I don't have just like a one, you know, one day I might do one color, then I'll do texture, then I'll do blending, then I'll do something that's nice and like clean. And cause I just kind of go with what I feel, what I see and what moves me. That's Well, that's why it's so fun to watch you because <clears throat> you're unpredictable <laughs> and you don't know. Right. And even, even if let's say you're somebody who's not into the, the neon colors, the bright colors, well, you do other stuff too. I mean, it's not like you're only doing those bright colors. Um, right. I mean, you, you have such an expansive repertoire of, you know, creative skills. So uh, that's such a cool thing though. Now, do you, so when you go to a place to, uh, I was going to say a restore, but you probably don't have those over there. But when you go to a place, a consignment shop or an antique store, you buy the piece, but you you haven't done the research yet. So you so you get the piece, then you do the research, correct? I mean, you're not like, right. I gotcha. No, yeah. And sometimes I don't even know what I'm going to do. I pull the piece out and I'm like, hmm, what are you saying to me? <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually had a conversation with, you know, Annie Sloan. She's like the creator yeah. of the create, you know, uh-huh. and uh, she had asked me once, she said, how did you how do you come up with your colors? And I, I tried to explain it the best way I could, because it's something I can't quite explain. Do you know when someone says that people, when they, they, they see music, Uh like they see music and colors, that's kind of how I feel with color. I just, I just know. Uh And I don't know if it's because I've done so much experimenting and made so many mistakes that I know like, okay, that didn't work. This will work. I do. I have color wheels. 
right in my area, in my work area. Mm. So I do pull out color wheels sometimes and go, okay, yeah, like, okay, what colors are going to look good? Or, you know, when I'm staging, okay, what color should I pull out here? So I do still pull out a color wheel so that I use color theory on things. But, you know, it's kind of just, I don't know. I sometimes I just, and I don't even know if it's going to work. I just do it and hope for the best. (laughs) And sometimes it works out and sometimes it does not. (laughs) Well, I think I know the answer to my next question then. And that is, do you ever experiment on boards first? Or do you, it sounds like you just go straight to the furniture. I just go straight to the furniture on boards. I may like just test out something. Like if I'm trying to get a certain look for texture, right. If I'm trying to get something that looks like an old door, um, I'll maybe play around on a board just to see how much texture I need or whatever. But like this one that I just did where I used some texture and made it look like an old toolbox. I just went right for it (laughs) for the best. Make sure you tune in next week as we play part two of our interview with Chris Donna, as well as hear her talk about her recent category win in the Golden Brush Awards. Hi, this is Jeannie with Blush Vintage Design, and this podcast is sponsored by my friends at Zebra. I love using my Zebra brushes. They lay down a super smooth finish, whether I'm using primer, paint, or a top coat. They hold their shape really well and consistently cut in a sharp line. A couple of my current favorites are the chiseled wedge and the square. Thanks, Jeannie. We appreciate the passion you bring to the refinishing community, and we are thankful that that passion extends to our brushes. Today's refinishing tip comes from Bernadette with Piece by Piece Finds. Good morning, everyone. This is Bernadette with Piece by Piece Finds, and I have a refinishing tip for you today about cleaning hardware. On so many of my pieces, I love to keep the original hardware because it really just suits the piece. But over time, it's become really tarnished. There's lots of buildup, and sometimes I've even come across pieces that have been painted. So to get everything cleaned up, I take a pot that is not used for cooking. I have one specific for cleaning hardware, and I make a mixture of equal parts white vinegar and water, and I bring it to a boil. And once it's boiling, I'll put all of my hardware pieces in for about 10 minutes. Sometimes I can check it a little sooner. Sometimes it needs longer. I've left pieces in there for probably up to 20 minutes before. And I'll remove it really carefully and handle it really carefully because it will be hot. And I use this super fine grade steel wool. It's the quad zero steel wool to get everything scrubbed down with some heavy duty rubber gloves. And that usually does the trick for me. I will see a piece of hardware that did not exist before when all of that tarnish and buildup comes off. And if I need a little bit of extra shine, you can use Barkeeper's Friend and scrub it down also with some Barkeeper's Friend on top of what you're left with. So I hope that's helpful for you. It's definitely something I do on the regular to keep my hardware looking fresh. And even if you're not refinishing a piece, if you just have a piece in your home and you want to spruce up the hardware for it, this is the trick for it. So hope you guys have a great week and happy refinishing. Thank you, Bernadette. Very helpful tip. And listeners, just make sure you have good ventilation when boiling vinegar as the fumes can be harmful in high concentrations. It's time to hear what your refinishing friends are up to. Here are a few reporting on what they're working on in their studios this week. 
Hi, my name is Victoria. Um, I'm a furniture artist. I'm based in Surrey in the United Kingdom and I have a very busy furniture business and uh, this week in my studio I have got a very exciting new project I want to share with you all. I have a very tall glass fronted wooden cabinet. It's six foot two and I have a beautiful fabric, a textile I've imported from Jaipur in, in India and I'm going to use the design of the textile in the back of my cabinet. The cabinet is uh, going to have, it's got shelves, which I'm going to paint after I've stripped down. And the textile is really unique. It's got a beautiful pink, a beautiful mid-pink flower, and it's got a green stem, and it's a bold print. And I'm going to use the colours of the flower on the exterior of the cabinet, and I'm going to do some dragging effects. I'm going to use some gold leaf, and I'm going to completely redesign it. This is the fourth cabinet of this size I've done and within three days they've all sold. My Instagram account is Victoria underscore MyPad Interiors. Hey guys, this is Nicole from Restoration Designs. Thank you so much for having me. I absolutely love my zebra brushes and it's so fun following your cool contests. I've recently finished up an amazing 1956 American of Martinsville High Boy. I think it's really important as artists to continue to grow and develop our talents. So with that in mind, on the past few pieces, I've used multiple colors, stripes, and framing outlines. I'm super happy with how they turned out, and it was definitely out of the box for me. This week, I'll be working on a dresser that I picked up for $40. It's solid, but it has a bit of a country vibe. I love a good challenge, so I am bound and determined to make this thing look modern. I've already used a jigsaw to alter the base to give it a sleek straight line. I'll be using my signature melange paints color, Restoration Bronze on this one, and removing the dated poles, filling the holes with Bondo, and replacing the hardware with knobs. For the finishing touch, I ordered some wallpaper to line the drawers called Grage Birds by Tim Paper on Amazon. You can check out the result on my Instagram page at Restoration Designs Co. Happy creating! Hey guys, it's Catherine over here at Resuscitated Furnishings. This week I'm working on a small three-drawer Ethan Allen dresser. I'm going to attempt a dipped look. So the top half, including the top drawer, will remain a raw wood with a stain. And the bottom, including the bottom two drawers, will be painted in a color that I have not decided on quite yet. Anyways, thanks for letting me join in on this, and I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Bye. Thank you, friends. Listeners, make sure you go check out their social media feeds. Welcome to a new segment on our podcast called The Beginner's Bucket, an opportunity for new refinishers to ask questions from their more experienced refinishing friends. If you have a question that you would like answered, just send me an email at laneball at enjoyzebra.com and we'll ask an experienced refinisher and play the answer here on the podcast. This week's question comes from Mary Beth with San Jose Furniture Flip. And the question is, how do you stay up on furniture trends? Christy Van Zeel with Chalk It Up LLC answers her question. Great question, Mary Beth. The two sources that I use the most to keep up with furniture trends are social media and magazines and catalogs. A few of my favorites are um, Serena and Lily, House Beautiful, um, Restoration Hardware, I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina, so I love um, I love keeping up with the local Raleigh magazines. All of that said, I would say um, it's a lot of fun to keep up with the trends. However, 
Um, stay true to you. You know, be you, do you, be creative, stay creative, um, come up with some of your own designs. And who knows, maybe you could you could start your own trend. Thanks, Christy. Your work is phenomenal. So we all bend the ear when you speak. Hey, everyone. Just a quick thank you for making this podcast such a success. We are super excited that our podcast remains in the top 2% of the art and design category. It's because of our guests, you all, our listeners, and listeners' reviews that make this possible. Speaking of reviews, we want to encourage you to leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. To thank you for taking the time to leave your review, we will send a free brush your way as long as you screenshot your review. Email it to me, laneball at enjoyzebra.com, and it must be emailed to me by this Friday, March 18th, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Please provide your full name and mailing address. Your reviews make a big difference to keep our podcast at the top and help us to continue to reach more listeners. Zebra Review Monthly Contest are back, and we wanted to kick off the season by honoring our judges. Our March theme is our judges' colors. That's right. Each of our five judges have shared their favorite color with us, and you can check out those colors and be inspired by going to our post on Zebra Painting or to our judges' accounts, and they are Jen of Perfectly Imperfect Furniture RES, Katie Cloud of Katie Cloud, Katie Scott of Salvage by K. Scott, Lauren Schwachina of Portland Rose Studio, and Sarah of Sitting Pretty Home Decor. You get to see their colors in a piece they have refinished. You may pick one or combine a few of the colors on your piece. We are looking for an approximation of color tone that is similar to the judges' choices. It does not have to be exact. Make sure that you tag your pieces with the hashtag the Zebra Review. All pieces have to be refinished between March 1st, 2022 and March 31st, 2022. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Zebras Before and After Furniture Refinishing Podcast. Today's episode, along with information about today's guest, is also featured on enjoyzebra.com under the podcast tab at the bottom. Your comments and suggestions for future episodes are always welcome, and we encourage you to share them by sending your emails to me at laneball at enjoyzebra.com. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and happy refinishing. Happy refinishing.